What's up, guys? Back again with part two of the Grammys recap with Anthony Leon and James on the A&J Tunes podcast. Now, in the first episode, we talked about Beyonce winning and breaking the record for most wins for a female artist, and as well as Taylor Swift winning Album of the Year three times. Now we're going to go over the remaining categories of the major artists that were on display that night. Now, Anthony, you take it away. Yeah, so today we're going to be going into the main categories in the pop and rap genres. So the first award that we're going to go into is Best Pop Solo Performance. Yummy by Justin Bieber. Don't know why it was here. It was a stupid choice by the Academy <laughs> to even put it in here when you had Blinding Lights, a far superior track that Definitely. should have made this list. Fortunately, it didn't. However, Justin Bieber did have four nominations at the Grammys, and he actually did win a Grammy for the best country duo performance with the song called 10,000 Hours with the country duo Dan and Shay. Hmm. Yeah, Say So with Doja Cat, we talked about it in the first part, how she was nominated for Best New Artist, and I believe it was also a part of Record of the Year. For those of you that haven't heard the song for some reason, it's kind of that 80s disco pop trend that was very prevalent over the past year. It became really big on TikTok, that's kind of where it started. And there's actually a remix of the song with Nicki Minaj that did really well on the charts. Hmm. Exactly. Everything I Wanted, Billie Eilish, we talked about it yesterday. It won record of the year. Kind of a controversial pick. Billy thought it should have went to Savage and Megan Thee Stallion. We both agree to a certain extent. Record of the year is kind of one of those iconic awards, at least when it comes to the Grammys. They kind of hyped it up towards the end, especially giving videos for each of the nominees throughout the ceremony. So the fact that it went to Everything I Wanted by Billie Eilish, I'm happy for her. She now has seven Grammys, which is insane to think about. But you could argue that it shouldn't have won Record of the Year. I absolutely agree, Anthony. If you're going to win one Grammy, it's going to be that one. Now they're all the same on paper, but this is the one everyone remembers. This is going to be on the poster and billboards. And for it to go to Billie Eilish is not only good for the future, for her career, reputation, you know, notoriety, but as well as, like we'd mentioned before, females on the up in the music industry and so i feel like not all grammys were created equal this is the one you want to win and you know unfortunately post malone couldn't win it but hey it went to at least someone who was deserving of it and you say that she has seven grammys that's really impressive i wouldn't be surprised if she can rival beyonce in the future as most grammys all time for a female artist yeah i agree and for those of you that haven't heard this track it's not bad it's not her typical stuff, like with Bad Guy that won Record of the Year last year. But overall, critics liked it a lot. It was praised for displaying Billy's struggles with mental health and how personal it was for her. Obviously, it was about her relationship with her brother and producer, Phineas. But I forgot to mention this yesterday, and I'll say it here. Billy Eilish became the youngest artist to win multiple Record of the Year Grammys, which is Insane to think about considering how she is not even 20 yet and she already has seven Grammys to her mantle even though she's only put out one album so far. So it's crazy to think about. The next nominee, Don't Start Now, Dua Lipa. This was my favorite just because of the overall way that I thought the Grammys were going to go. I thought it was going to be very balanced between all of the artists. Obviously, this wasn't the case, and I will mention the winner in just a second. But I found this to be very interesting 
In order to improve the bridge of Don't Start Now, they decided to include vocal chops and drums inspired by Can't Feel My Face by The Weeknd. Now, obviously, The Weeknd had zero nominations and he's boycotting all future Grammy award shows. And it's very disappointing for the Grammys as it was pretty obvious that he should have gotten a nomination, but he didn't. And overall, it was praised for being different compared to other 80s disco pop tracks. And overall, it's her most popular song off of Future Nostalgia. But it did not win, Anthony. Um, And that's pretty surprising because she's an up-and-coming artist who, as we mentioned before, she's done nothing really wrong this year, except for maybe her her COVID protocols we've discussed. Oh, true, but (laughs) don't get me started about that. The last nominee before I mention the winner is Cardigan by Taylor Swift. As I mentioned with Folklore in the Album of the Year discussion, I'm a little surprised that they put Cardigan in the pop category just because Cardigan isn't a pop song. It's more of an indie folk song. But overall, people praised it for the lyricism that it had. Overall, it depicts a young relationship and how mixed feelings can impact the former lover's perception of the quote-unquote lost romance. Overall, great song, the most popular off of folklore. And now for the winner... Watermelon Sugar Harry Styles. Now, originally when I was making my predictions for this category, this was a song that I kind of forgot about just because there were a lot of great tracks off of Fine Line by Harry Styles. For example, Adore You, which was nominated for Best Music Video. Now, unfortunately, it did lose to Brown Skin Girl by Beyonce, and I said this in part one, and I'll say it again for those of you who didn't catch it. Her nine-year-old daughter, Blue Ivy Carter, we're talking about Beyonce in this case, she became the second youngest Grammy winner ever, only behind eight-year-old Leah Pisal. So overall, it was a huge win for Beyonce in that category. But going back to Watermelon Sugar for a minute, it's Harry Styles' first Grammy win, And surprisingly enough, he never got nominated for a Grammy as a member of One Direction. You think about how popular they were and how they kind of revived the boy band genre. And the fact that they didn't get nominated for anything, I find to be extremely surprising. But overall, Watermelon Sugar, it kind of uses fruit as a metaphor for like initially feeling someone. I think you guys can use your imagination to figure out how the rest of the song goes. <laughs> but James, I'm curious, what were your overall thoughts on Watermelon Sugar? No, definitely. It was, a, it was a bop that stuck in my head. Not ashamed to say it. And in regards to the video, I loved it in the song. But the thing you mentioned before, how he never got a nomination while as part of One Direction, actually catches my eye. Because that band revolutionized, as you said, the boy band. They brought it back, nostalgia. I was thinking, this is the new NSYNC, this is the new Backstreet Boys. But these independent artists are so talented. And if anything, I feel like him winning this award kind of goes to show that as talented as they were as a group, that they can easily hold their own as independent artists. Zayn Malik, Harry Styles. Now, I won't name the rest of the One Direction members because then I'll be exposing myself. But still, I feel like he definitely deserved the award. And hey... Like I said before, you know, Post Malone, you know, he was a little heartbroken to see Taylor Swift win the award, but nevertheless, he was happy to see her win. I feel like the other artists can at least know that they lost out to a great artist like Harry Styles. Now, it's funny that you mention Zayn because he kind of joined the chorus of The Weeknd and even Nicki Minaj, who kind of called out the Grammys for essentially not being transparent with how their voting and nomination process works. 
So overall, he's not a fan of the Grammys. The Grammys, obviously, you're not a fan of him because he didn't get nominated for anything. However, <laughs> with uh, maybe he won't be nominated in the future. We'll see. But the way that it works overall, Harry Styles, I think it was a great win for him. Kind of surprising for me just because I wasn't expecting him to win on first try yet. He got it. I'm happy for him. Harry Styles, obviously a huge influential singer when it comes to that boy band genre and even pop nowadays. But overall, he's had a great solo career. Zayn has also had a pretty great solo career in his own right. But overall, man, Watermelon Sugar, great song. It's actually his only number one hit on the Billboard Hot 100, at least as of the time of recording this podcast. But again, not mad here. It's a great song, and I'm happy for him. Now, the next category is Best Pop Duo slash Group Performance. Now, this winner I expected, but there's also a little bit of controversy around this winner. I'll explain why in just a second, and I think you'll see where I'm going with this. All right. First nominee, Undia, One Day. I understand why this was nominated. It was Dua Lipa, J Balvin, Bad Bunny, and Taney. Kind of the Dua Lipa meshing with the reggae music, Latino music, whatever you want to call it. And overall, Zanant's song focuses on how a relationship ended that was originally dishonest, but how they want to make up for it one day. Thus, the name of the title, Undia. The mm. next song, Intentions by Justin Bieber featuring Quavo. Interesting selection. This song isn't as bad as Yummy in the sense that Yummy shouldn't even be in consideration, <laughs> but Intentions is all right. It's mainly about them complimenting their respective ladies, Justin Bieber with Hailey Bieber and Quavo with Saweetie. Quick fun fact for those of you that don't know, Quavo and Saweetie just recently broke up and apparently they didn't really leave on good terms. They unfollowed each other on Instagram, and according to Suwiti, she emotionally checked out a while ago in the relationship. Quavo responded by saying she wasn't the woman he thought she was, and how he wishes her nothing but the best. Justin and Haley, on the other hand, got married back in 2018, and they've now been married for over two years. So, congrats to them on that. Now, you do say that Yummy shouldn't have been nominated. I agree with you, but it did rival the box, I believe, in the to- in like the number one song of... Number one billboard, whatever, Anthony, basically, whatever that award is. So it was popping, no pun intended. So I feel like in terms of quality, it wasn't that good. But in terms of traction, it deserved to be at least one of the most recognized songs of the year. But unfortunately, I find that like a little discrediting to other artists because there can be a beautiful song that you remember and you want to share with everyone. And it's just overshadowed by a song about a dude saying yummy 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 are you kidding me just because it's justin bieber now i'm glad he didn't win this award but that can be very disheartening in the future i just feel like it shouldn't have been nominated like you said before yeah exactly justin bieber he shouldn't be nominated just because he's justin bieber he should be nominated because he put out some good music this year not as much he's going to be dropping justice in i believe a few days We'll do a episode on him in the near future. But going back to Intentions for a minute, it's not his best song. It's not his worst song. It's just a mediocre song, in my opinion. Now, Dynamite by BTS. The first Korean pop group to receive a Grammy nomination. It's their first fully English song. And a lot of people after the award show, especially the BTS fans, they were pretty mad that it didn't win. (laughs) 
for me, I understand why they didn't give it to BTS just because, as I was kind of saying with Harry Styles, it's their first nomination. I kind of didn't expect it to give it to BTS just because they're BTS. But you can make the argument that it should have won just because of the fact that overall, the way that it impacted the world and its global impact was insane. So I'm happy that it was nominated. Like we talked on a previous podcast on how what's it called Daft Punk just expanded from France all across the world and how that should be rewarded and it was. I feel like BTS had they won, it would have had the same lasting effects where it's like, wow, international artists can make it in this industry. But I don't think this is going to discourage them. Like I said before, being at the Grammys is an honor and a privilege, but it's not a right. You got to earn your way to get there, and they're probably going to be back here in the future. Now I will say. I don't like it when one hit wonders get that recognition and then the artist is like, ah, you know, 15 minutes of fame and then they stop trying. That's why I keep bringing up Post Malone. He's going to win a Grammy one day and he's going to keep going. So if BTS are like, we didn't win on our first try, look at Post Malone, one of the most successful artists, respected, revolutionary artists, and he still hasn't won. So they shouldn't be like, hey, I deserve to win just on my first try because we had a pop and song. Patience. But I did love their performance, I won't lie. Yeah, exactly. They had put on a great performance at the Grammys this year. But another group you could have made the argument for that should have been nominated was Blackpink, who's kind of the girl K-pop group that's been really big over the past few years. But the way the Grammys work, I didn't think they were going to give it to two K-pop groups. Overall, though, it's a great song. I understand why it was nominated did they nominate BTS just for the sake of nominating them? We never know. But this is a song that I believe should have been nominated, and I wouldn't have been mad if it won. Now, the last nominee before I mention the winner is Exile, Taylor Swift featuring Justin Vernon of Bon Iver. It's an indie folk song from Folklore. It's my personal favorite off of her album. It's about two ex-lovers and basically them talking about how it went all wrong. So kind of miscommunication, so to speak. And the main reason why I like this song is because of the vocal contrast between Vernon's kind of bass voice and Taylor Swift's kind of soft voice. I think they complemented each other really well. And overall, I think it was a great track. But the winner for Best Pop Duo Performance is... Rain On Me, Lady Gaga, and Ariana Grande. Woo! Nice. What a shocker. <laughs> this is the type of song that I think fits that Grammy mold in terms of a winner for Best Pop Duo Performance. It was funny because this winner was actually announced at their premiere show, and it wasn't announced during their actual ceremony. So overall, the song, for those of you who don't know, it basically just encourages people to persevere through dark times. And overall, the combination between Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande, you can argue it's one of the biggest female collaborations over the past few years. And if we're looking at this in retrospect, Lady Gaga now has 12 Grammys, one more than Taylor Swift. And this is only the second win for Ariana Grande at the Grammys. Wow. Yeah. The only other time she won was for Best Pop Vocal Album with Sweetener. Not even Thank You Next. So, yeah, it's great for her to finally add another Grammy to the shelf. But James, I'm curious, what are your thoughts on Rain On Me? I'm not going to lie. Now that I think about it, it was the obvious winner from the get-go. 
And I feel like they didn't disappoint us with their final selection, but all of these artists could have won. And I know that's like a, hey, everyone gets a participation medal kind of talk. But genuinely speaking, if you lose to Ariana Grande and Lady Gaga, you can't say to yourself, I was robbed. You say to yourself, these are great artists. And at the end of the day, I guess I just have to produce better work. Exactly. And this is just for you here. They promoted this song actually through a mock newscast in collaboration with the Weather Channel. <laughs> Obviously, the song is called Rain On Me. So, you know, they brought out the umbrellas. They brought out the rain. And I thought it was a funny kind of way to promote the song. They are the first female collaboration in history to win Best Pop Duo Performance. And overall, as I said before, it's a great song. It's kind of that electro pop feel overall. Great track. I think it was a great win for both of them. And overall, this is the type of song that I think makes sense for the best pop duo kind of group performance category. Now, moving on to the last, and you can argue the biggest award of the pop category, is the best pop vocal album. Hmm. And the nominations for this were very interesting. We have Changes by Justin Bieber. A very mediocre album should not have been here. You can argue that it should have went to After Hours by The Weeknd. Absolutely. But is it a pop album? Is it an R&B album? We're not entirely sure. But even then, you could have argued it went. It should have went to Manic by Halsey or even Rare by Selena Gomez. So for me, this was kind of a surprise nomination. Don't think it should have been there. But overall, it's actually very interesting because... Justin Bieber was actually mad at this nomination, not because he was nominated, but because he believed that Changes should have been classified as an R&B album Hmm. and not as a pop album. Now, whether or not he would have done well in terms of petitioning to change it, we don't know. In my personal opinion, I don't have any issues with it. I think being in the pop vocal album category makes sense for him. It's his fifth studio album overall throughout his career. And a quick little nugget for the NBA fans listening to this podcast. That's us. JaVale McGee. uh, He actually helped write the song available on the Changes album using his music name, Pierre. Now, it's not something I expected when doing research for this episode, but I thought it was a very surprising kind of addition in there for the Changes album by Mr. Justin Bieber. The second nominee on this list, Chromatica, Lady Gaga. This was kind of my sleeper just because Lady Gaga has been a pretty big artist over the past decade. And overall, the album actually was pretty good in its own right. It's her sixth studio album overall, and it's synthesizer heavy. And overall, it kind of focuses on her views of mental health and romance. It was kind of like a healing album for her. And the cohesiveness of the album i think was one of the reasons why it did deserve to be nominated for this some people were saying that it should have been nominated for album of the year and that kind of category but overall i'm okay with this for album of the year i mentioned this in the prior episode chromatica wouldn't have been one of my picks just because you already had hollywood's bleeding you already had folklore you already had future nostalgia So to kind of have a fourth pop album in there, or excuse me, a third pop album, because as I keep saying, Folklore is more of an indie folk album, would have been, I think, too much favoritism towards the pop genre. So overall, I understand why this wasn't nominated in the general categories. 
Fine Line, Harry Styles, I mentioned it earlier. It's actually his second studio album. It's mainly about love at first sight, breakup, sex, and sadness. I know it's kind of broad, and that's kind of what most pop songs are about. But overall, it's a great album, a great sophomore album for him, especially considering how the sophomore album can be very scary to produce. Because when you put out the first album, there's usually no expectations. The second album is kind of where you need to put the gear to the metal and kind of show us what you got. The sophomore album is where you really got to pick up from where you left off. You can't just tease people and produce an amazing song, like for example, The Box, and then fall off the map. Or, or, or like, for example, Pop Smoke, right? Like, that kind of feeling we have right now where it's like, man, I wish we had more of what we was producing, is the general vibe you get from sophomore albums where you're like, I want to see either the same or better. I don't want to see worse. And so Anthony, with, with this case, we were not disappointed by this if it gets a Grammy nomination. Oh, of course not. Harry Styles, we mentioned it earlier, he won Best Pop Solo Performance for Watermelon Sugar and just the overall popularity of Harry Styles. And unlike Justin Bieber, this album was pretty good in its own right. So overall, it's a great particular album for him. I'm curious to see what he does in the future. But overall, I think a great nomination for him and I'm happy that it was there. The last nominee before I get into the winner is Folklore. I mentioned it during the previous episode. People were wondering whether or not it was going to be put in the pop category or the alternative category. It went to pop. Overall, as I said before, when it won album of the year, her third win, which is a record, it's a great album. I kind of mentioned it earlier. It was made during quarantine, and overall, the logistics of making this album were very hard to do because there was no real personal contact without any of her producers, Jack Antonoff and Aaron Desner, who is the guitarist of the indie rock band The National. Overall, it did win Album of the Year, so the fact that it didn't win Best Pop Vocal Album might be a surprise to some people, but... As I said before, it's not really a pop album, so for that reason, I understand why it didn't win. Overall, the singles, The One, Cardigan, Betty, Exile, and The Last Great American Dynasty, all great tracks for those of you that haven't listened to it. Cardigan got nominated for a bunch of awards. Exile was nominated for Best Pop Duo Performance. So, great album. And I think Taylor Swift is happy with just winning album of the year even though she did have six nominations and the winner for best pop vocal album is never gets old (laughs) future nostalgia dua lipa what a surprise what a surprise we keep saying it but the grammys tend not to be surprising overall it's the third grammy win for dua lipa she won best new artist back in 2019 And she also won Best Dance Recording with Electricity, which was her, Silk City, and it was a feature of Mark Runson and Diplo. So overall, I kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier, but it takes a lot of those 80s influences, Gwen Stefani, Madonna. There's actually a Blondie-inspired bridge in Levitating, for those of you that didn't know. And ultimately, she basically wanted to put a modern twist on 80s music with like syncopation rhythms and like synthesizers and stuff like that. Like a quick fun fact, 
Levitating, if you listen to the beginning of it, that's kind of what inspired it. It was a synth that I believe someone on her team got in Japan. And that's kind of what started that whole song process. The singles of the album, Don't Start Now, was nominated for a lot of categories. Physical, Break My Heart, which unintentionally interplays a guitar riff from Need You Tonight by ANXS. So it's funny because they didn't recognize that. And someone kind of called them out on it, and as a result, they had to credit the band INXS. And the last two singles, excuse me, Hallucinate and Levitating, which she did with The Baby. She performed that song and Don't Start Now at the Grammys. Overall, a great performance. And for this particular album, it was mainly praised for its production and its overall cohesiveness from Future Nostalgia to... Boys will be boys. So, James, do you think the Grammys got this right with Future Nostalgia? Oh, absolutely. When I think about who is the most remarkable and memorable artist of last year, if it's not Dua Lipa, it's unfortunately The Weeknd, which we know we've been this dead horse over and over again. So, yeah, of the ones available, Dua Lipa had to win. And I hope I'm not pronouncing her name wrong. <laughs> oh, it's funny because Wendy Williams started this trend of Dua Peep. So... <laughs> You're fine with her knowing pronunciation. <laughs> but yeah, overall, great album for those of you that haven't listened to it and maybe were sleeping under a rock when this came out. But overall, again, no surprises here. It was my favorite. Again, as I said earlier, Folklore, I think if it was a pop album, maybe it would have had more competition with Future Nostalgia. But because it is an indie folk album, I'm not surprised that it didn't win. And... Before we go into the rap categories, James, what do you think overall of the pop winners? Well, to be honest, it's it's the usual suspects, Anthony. It's the artists which, if you had a, if you were a betting man, you'd put your, all your chips on them winning. And I feel like they got it right. No hate, because we're not in 2012 anymore. But Justin Bieber, if he's going to win, it's for his best work. And I just don't think this was the kind of year for him. Who knows what that album you mentioned before, Justice, is going to have for his career. Which, at, at the end of the day, he's like unmovable at the top. Everyone knows who Justin Bieber is. So him not winning tonight, even if he did win, like, oh, okay. Just extra Grammys on his amazing repertoire. But I'm just glad that they didn't give it out to someone for name's sake only. And that the artist deserved it. Because when I think about, like I said before, who I remember from 2020, it's Dua Lipa. It's Taylor Swift. And <laughs> all the other artists, while they deserve to be here, they can't complain. At least they got nominated. True. But yeah, overall, the pop category did a great job of properly recognizing the female artists, as did the Grammys overall. Two out of the three categories that we just talked about had female winners. Lady Gaga, Ariana Grande, Dua Lipa. And the only male winner was Harry Styles with Watermelon Sugar, a great kind of surprise pick for him. And overall, a great job by the Recording Academy when it came to the pop categories. I have no complaints overall. But the rap categories are very interesting. And you'll see why I did that in just a second. But first, let's talk about the best melodic rap performance category. So we have Rockstar, DaBaby featuring Roddy Rich, 
This was my favorite just because I either thought it was going to be this or the box with just Roddy Rich. But quick spoiler alert, DaBaby and Roddy Rich did not win any Grammys at all this year. DaBaby was nominated for four, Roddy Rich for six. And overall, it doesn't hurt their respective legacies because let's face it, they're still two of the best and new upcoming rappers in the hip-hop world. But Rockstar kind of describes their lifestyles and how their rise to fame was very different. It uses kind of a bass drum machine and guitar instrumental kind of in the beginning, and it was praised ultimately for its catchiness, and I agree, it is a very catchy song. Now, whether or not this was the best Rockstar song there is out there, we talked about it in the Post Malone episode with... 21 Savage and Post Malone. But overall, that's just a personal preference. Both songs are great. And the next nominee for this category is Laugh Now, Cry Later. Drake featuring Lil Durk. Now, you can argue the collab that Drake did with Future should have been on this list. But this is the one that the Recording Academy decided to go with. This particular song, for those that I don't know, will be a part of Drake's upcoming album, Certified Lover Boy. It was supposed to drop in January, but Drake had knee surgery, so he decided to push it back. It may come out in April. It may come out later than that. We'll wait and see. When it does come out, we will have an episode on it. Overall, it's about their fancy lifestyles and how they want to live in the moment and kind of deal with their problems later. Thus the title, Laugh Now, Cry Later. And the music video was made kind of in the Nike headquarters with athletes like Odo Beckham Jr., Marshawn Lynch, and Kevin Durant. Hey! Exactly. <laughs> the Box is the next nominee. We talked about it a lot throughout these two episodes, just mainly because it's been nominated for so many things. And it's obviously known for the ER, you know, the ad lib in the <laughs> beginning. Overall, it's praised for its songwriting, vocals, and the catchy hook that it had. The synths played a huge factor in this track since there's not really a bass going on, or it's very minimal. But for those of you that haven't listened to the first part, which by the way, you should check out. Overall, man, Roddy Rich, six nominations, zero Grammys. Not the worst case, though, all time, because Paul McCartney was nominated for nine back in 1966 as a member of the Beatles, and he did not win any Grammys. <laughs> just goes to prove that if you don't win a Grammy, it doesn't hurt you. If you do win a Grammy, it's just a nice little shrine to have on your mantle, so to speak. And honestly, Anthony, now that I think about it, I'm starting to believe more what The, what the Weeknd said, how the Grammys don't mean a thing. Because would you rather be known worldwide and not win a Grammy? Or have that little piece of gold on your mantle and then no one no one know a thing about you. I mean, it's pretty obvious what I'd rather have. Exactly. And the Grammys and even any award show, different artists value awards more than others. But the way that each of the artists put out different songs, they don't do it just to win an award. They do it because they want to do it and it's what makes them happy at the end of the day. And whether or not that wins a Grammy or not, doesn't really matter to them. But overall, the next nominee, before I mention the winner of the Best Melodic Rap Performance category, is Highest in the Room by Travis Scott, 
kind of a surprise pick for me just because I wasn't expecting it. But overall, it is a great track. It's his second number one single following Sicko Mode that he had with Drake. Obviously a very popular track. And it discusses his relationship with Kylie Jenner, who is now his ex at this particular moment in time. And for those of you who are wondering, when is Travis Scott releasing something new? Highest in the Room will be a part of his upcoming album, Utopia, which will probably drop at some point this year. And before I mention the winner of the Best Melodic Rap Performance category, James, what did you think of the nominees? This has got to be the most stacked category, now that I think about it. Drake, Roddy Rich, multiple times. I don't know who won, Anthony. I'm dying to know. Yeah, and the best melodic rap performance winner is... Never gets old. <laughs> Lockdown Anderson Pac. What? Yeah, kind of the surprise considering that you had Rockstar and The Box both in this category, both way more popular than Lockdown. And yet, the voters decided to pick Lockdown as your winner. Now, for those of you that don't know, this song is mainly about Juneteenth and kind of the Black Lives Matter protest, as like a lot of the songs that were nominated this year. And now, for those of you who are wondering, what is Anderson Pac doing right now? He's a part of the Silk Sonic duo with Bruno Mars. They just released their first song called Leave the Door Open, which they performed at the Grammys after a last-minute kind of request to join the stacked list of performers. And overall, this is his fourth Grammy win. But, James, you had Laugh Now, Cry Later. You mm -hmm. had The Box. You had Rockstar. Why do you think the Grammys picked Lockdown as the winner in this particular category? Without the context that you gave us, there would have been no reason. But Juneteenth is what made 2020, especially with all the protests, a standout year. And I feel like to commemorate that, this song, it was a good song, I won't lie. I feel like it, it definitely deserved to be recognized. Over those, on the other hand, in any other context, no chance. Last place, without a doubt. And I'm not being salty. I love Anderson Pack. He works with my favorite artist, Bruno Mars now. Well, come on, man. I, I, I hadn't heard that song until it got nominated. And then it won. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And overall, Lockdown, it's kind of the same situation with I Can't Breathe by Her, that one song of the year. You won't understand why it won until you listen to it and you fully appreciate it for what it is. Now, you may listen to it and afterwards, you might still be wondering why the hell did the song win? That's more of a personal preference. But... For me, this is probably the most surprising winner out of all the categories just because the popularity of the box and Rockstar. But I'm happy for Anderson Pac. He deserves it. He's going to put out a lot of great music with Bruno Mars and Silk Sonic. I believe they're going to be dropping music relatively soon, so be on the lookout for that. But the last two categories that we're going to get into in this particular episode, best rap performance and best rap song. Spoiler alert, they both went to the same song. And before I reveal what that is, I'm going to go through each of the nominees. First, we're going to start off with best rap performance. Deep Reverence, Big Sean featuring Nipsey Hussle, RIP to Nipsey. Wow. He, um... Yeah, a lot of rappers have kind of died in this past year, and it's really unfortunate. 
But overall, it's about their pressures and struggles in life. The first verse of the song is actually about Nipsey Hussle's upbringing, being surrounded by like gangs and stuff in like California and kind of that whole deal. And the second verse is actually about Big Sean ending his feud with Kendrick Lamar following Nipsey Hussle's murder. And that's kind of one of the instances where a rapper is like, all right, I'm going to end this because something bigger happened. And it's a great way to kind of put that beef aside, but also putting out some great music, of course. Now, Bop by the Baby, for those of you who only thought it was just Rockstar that was nominated for the Baby, Bop was nominated as well. Now, it's from his second studio album, Kirk, not the most recent one he just dropped. And overall, the music video I found to be very interesting because it's kind of a Broadway-style hip-hop musical that has an appearance from the dance team Jabberwockies. Hopefully I pronounced that right. They won the first season of America's Best Dance Crew, for those of you that watched that show. Overall, again, kind of a weird pick for me just because that's the only thing it's nominated for. But I'm not mad at it. It's not like Yummy by Justin Bieber where (laughs) everyone knows that shouldn't have been nominated. (laughs) Now, the next nominee, this artist in particular had a kind of surprise rise to fame in the hip-hop world. It's not what Baby or Roddy Rich did this year, but Jack Harlow. We talk about white rappers a lot with like Eminem, like Logic, and how not everyone likes the style of white rapping. But ironically, the song What's Popping is mainly about the trust and recognition that he gained in the hip hop community. So before I kind of go on, what do you think of the song What's Popping? I love it. Not only for the beat. The, the basketball reference, John yeah, Stockton. Yeah, John Stockton, yeah. man. And, I mean, you mentioned white rappers. At the end of the day, his song is all I care about. I don't see color there. I don't think anyone should. And if all the best rappers were of one certain ethnicity, they should all be nominated for that reason. We're talking about music here. I sound like Alan Iverson, of all things, when I say we're talking about music. Exactly. <laughs> so, I, you know, a lot of NBA in this chat right here. But uh, but no, I, I, don't, I don't think he should be degraded or anyone should be considered over someone else just because of a certain just because they represent a certain majority or minority in in music yeah and overall talking about the trust that he gained in the hip-hop community he actually did a remix of this song with the baby Lil Wayne and Tory Lanez overall a great track and my sleeper for this particular category the bigger picture Lil Baby his performance of the song at the Grammys I thought was the most meaningful, but it did also gain some controversy, Tamir Rice. So his mother kind of criticized the performance, mainly because she believed that they did this performance more for clout reasons than actually to gain some change. Because she essentially said the way that this particular performance went about taking place, she didn't personally love it. She definitely wasn't happy about the conclusion of Tamika Mallory. Just specifically, she feels that Tamika Mallory doesn't necessarily represent the Black Lives Matter movement. She more represents women than anything. So she just wasn't a fan of it. And overall, very controversial. But 
the performance I thought was probably the most meaningful. Now, going back to the song for a little bit, it's a protest song. It was released in the wake of George Floyd's murder, and it wanted justice against police brutality in solidarity with the Black Lives Matters movement, like a lot of the particular songs that were nominated this year. And the music video of this particular song is just him at a Black Lives Matter protest in his hometown of Atlanta. So overall, the most probably meaningful one out of these. And we were talking about Pop Smoke for Best New Artist and how he wasn't nominated. But he was nominated here with his song Dior. It's kind of a Chicago-style hip-hop song that raps about flirting with women while getting new designer clothes. Now, you may think, why is this song important? It just sounds like any typical rap song with a guy going crazy about his money and fame and riches. But this song actually became an unlikely selection for anti-police brutality movements, the whole Black Lives Matter um, movement. So, overall... It's a very surprising thing that it went in that direction. But before I mention the winner for best rap performance, James, I'm curious, what are your thoughts on these particular selection of nominees? Now, I watched the Grammys, and it only just hit me that Dior didn't win. That breaks my heart. Not only for like the fact that we don't have Pop Smoke anymore to be able to prove them wrong, but it was my favorite song of all of these. So, Anthony, I'm dying to know which one actually won. Well, the winner of the best rap performance is Savage Megan Thee Stallion featuring Beyonce. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I mean, what a shocker. It was probably the biggest female rap song this year. And here's the thing. Before we even go into this particular track, it did also win best rap song. So quickly, I will mention the nominees for that particular category. The Bigger Picture, Lil Baby, The Box, Roddy Rich, who I thought was going to be the favorite for that particular category just because of its songwriting. Laugh Now, Cry Later, Drake featuring Lil Durk, Rockstar, The Baby featuring Roddy Rich. But overall, let's talk about Savage because you can argue this was the biggest winner in terms of songs for the Grammys this year just because overall... The way that the song came together was very interesting because they worked on it with complete secrecy. Beyonce kind of hit her up and was like, hey, you know, I would love to kind of jump on this track with you. Obviously, she's a big fan of Beyonce, so she was obviously stoked by it. But overall, they worked on it very secretly. The remix, for those of you who are wondering how is this different from the original song, the remix has Beyonce rapping two verses that complements Megan Thee Stallion. Overall, the song is about self-love and female empowerment while celebrating African-American females, one of the big proponents of this year's Grammys. It became popular on TikTok and it helped boost traffic with OnlyFans. For those of you who don't know, that is a British content subscription service known for nude photos. So <laughs> overall, I might be wondering why did OnlyFans gain more traction? It's because there is a lyric in the particular song about OnlyFans. But overall, both are from Houston. Both worked on this track. It's a great track. I love the one word hooks in this particular song. And the profits of this song are going to COVID-19 efforts in Houston. So what's not to like about this song? Loved it. Not to mention, it's, it's a song that when I remember this year, if they mention... Hey, Anthony, do you remember 2020 and that song, Savage? 
Bro, who won't remember that song? So hey, when it comes to giving awards out, it had to top all the charts, and that it did. Exactly. And overall, Savage is probably going to be the most remembered song out of this list. You can make the argument that The Box and Rockstar should have at least gotten one of these categories, but unfortunately it didn't. But as I said before, and I'll keep saying it, Roddy Rich and DaBaby, they don't lose at all from not winning anything at the Grammys this year. But this year was basically all about the women. Eight out of the 10 categories that we talked about throughout this two-part Grammy special, all were won by female artists. Beyonce broke the record for most Grammys won all time by a female artist with 28. Megan Thee Stallion won three of her own this year. So overall, probably two of the biggest winners from this particular Grammy cycle. And James, I'm curious, who else do you think was a big winner at the Grammys this year? Well, you know how I always say everyone that got nominated was a big winner. I feel like, in a way, this might be very Disney of me to say, but Post Malone didn't win anything, but this is going to motivate him the most. So I feel like he... Well, he well, obviously bounces the biggest winner, Anthony. I'm not lying to you. But I just, I just want to see Post Malone bounce back from this and have a Billie Eilish night and win five Grammys. You know? Hope, hopefully one day. Well, I know who is the biggest winner. Who is that? And it's not The weekend. It's the Grammys themselves. Oh, of course. The Grammys messed up the nomination process big time. Justin Bieber should not have been nominated for four things. At max, he should have been nominated maybe once for the country song that ended up winning. And overall, the fact that The Weeknd, the biggest artist this year, I know we keep saying it, but it's for a reason. The fact that he did not get nominated for anything, not even for After Hours, not even for Blinding Lights, is insane to think about. And although the Grammys kind of rebounded with the fact that the majority of the winners this year were female artists... You can't hide under the fact that The Weeknd and even other African-American male artists should have gotten more representation in this year's cycle. But the Grammys was a very interesting little award ceremony in of itself. James, I'm curious, what do you think the Grammys should do in order to improve for next year's cycle? Be more transparent with the voting process. You see... Music is subjective. It's not like the most record sold is the best song. Because if that's the case, Gangnam Style and Despacito are the greatest songs ever written. They need to be like, who was voting? What did the artist qualify for? What makes one artist better than the other? And I know they have categories which have helped over the years, but they've got to be more transparent and say, Savage won by a landslide, or the box lost by 0.1%. That'll make it hyped. And you'll, you won't even just watch the Grammys. You'll, you'll watch the after Grammys, which doesn't exist. But like the narratives around it are, won't be as conclusive. You won't have... You'll keep the discussion of the Grammys going. That way it becomes more of a year-round thing. There's the month before, there's the nominations, then there's the night of Grammys, and then there's the day after with the controversy. But if you have statistics, which I know numbers are boring, don't get me wrong, they give it another element and you can almost work towards the next Grammys with 
that numbers game in mind of like, okay, I'm in the top 20% of the best artists in this group, or I need to really work on my on my music or else I won't win no matter, even, even if it's like a top, it could be number one billboards in this category, but if it's got to win record of your song of the year, et cetera, compete with all the categories, it's got to be truly outstanding. So I feel like numbers are the way to get the Grammys up in viewership. Yeah, and overall, the I agree. The Grammys should be a lot more transparent with their voting process. But I feel like they're going to be scared to do that because if they do do that and someone finds out that, let's say, Lockdown by Anderson Pac won in a landslide versus, like, The Box or Rockstar, people are going to be mad. Like, they're going to be furious if they get those kinds of results released. So... Overall, I do agree they should be more transparent, but the Grammys got to be careful because they ain't trying to, you know, continue this kind of downward spiral of viewership where the Grammys honestly just haven't been the same. This year in particular, the Grammys went down in viewership by 53% to around 8.8 million viewers. Now, award shows in general have been going down in viewership this year, but this steep of a decline shows how the Grammys have a much bigger problem that needs to be solved. And if they are more transparent, maybe they'll regain some of those numbers and kind of regain the place that it did have in the music industry. Because when you think of the premier award shows, you think of the Grammys for music, you think of the Oscars for film. Then you have others like the Emmys, the Tonys, the Billboards, Music Awards, the MTV Music Awards, etc. and so forth. So the Grammys, for what they did when they shot themselves in the foot, not making The weekend at least nominated for anything, I think they bounced back. But, and I do want to end the podcast on this one note. The Grammys are not an indicator of how great an artist is. You cannot use the Grammys to kind of compare any artist because we talk about it with sports. When we look at stats, usually no one has influences over that except the player themselves. So people can use that to compare different players to see which one is better. But with artists, you can't do that because... The fact of whether or not they win a Grammy or even get nominated is not even in their control. That belongs to the voting members at the Recording Academy. But the Grammys, they need to be more transparent. And I'm going to go back to the Record of the Year discussion for just a second. Because Billie Eilish, although she won Record of the Year for everything I wanted, she did not think she was going to win. Honestly, she thought it was going to go to Savage and Megan Thee Stallion with Beyonce. The way that the night was rolling, that's what I thought it was going to go to, especially because it did win Best Rap Performance and Best Rap Song. But ended up not happening. Billie Eilish kind of had to apologize to Megan Thee Stallion for kind of taking an award that she didn't believe was hers. And this isn't the first time that an African-American like hip-hop artist kind of got snubbed in a way. And you're going to be saying, well, what do you mean Megan Thee Stallion got snubbed? She won three Grammys. Beyonce has the record. Why should we care? But the fact that Billie Eilish won for that and the fact that she also won for No Time to Die for the upcoming James Bond film, I could argue that was a more warranted win. 
But Everything I Wanted by Billie Eilish, although it's a great song, to me personally, it just didn't stack up with the other nominees. And the fact that it did win, again, I'm happy for her, but when you have a song like Savage and even when you have like other ones like Rockstar, uh, I think Don't Start Now is also in that category, you can make the argument that other songs should have gotten more preference. And the way that Billie Eilish apologized to Megan Thee Stallion is kind of reminiscent of how Macklemore apologized to Kendrick Lamar when he won his Grammy and kind of what Adele did with Beyonce's Lemonade album. So overall, I'm curious, James, of what your thoughts are. Do you think that in those particular races that I just mentioned, do you think the Grammys got it right or do you think they got it wrong? They can't get it 100% spot on right. And I feel like this was definitely one of the categories where they had to put their foot down and say, is Megan Thee Stallion going to steamroll everyone or are we going to you know, put a spanner in the works here? And I feel like you can't particularly say Billie Eilish didn't deserve this award. You know, They didn't pick just any old artist. If, if we're talking competitive nature here, she won five last year. She couldn't go home empty-handed tonight. Now, the fact that they had to give her that award, I feel like it's it's controversial. I don't think they got it wrong, though. I was shocked. And remember yesterday when I said, no, you know, it should have gone to Megan Thee Stallion? After a long, hard think about it, like, it would have probably been the, the, the favorable choice. But they deemed her work that the best in that category. And I feel like it, it gives representation to, to artists of different genres, and it keeps the the play level because the next year everyone would have just been like oh Megan Thee Stallion won this then the next song that is is either like that or has that kind of pop and cultural impact that it had will also people will presume that the Grammys are going to have some sort of affinity for that so with this the Grammys let the people know you're not just going to run away with all the awards there will always be that uh, edge of your seat excitement with that final (laughs) final award the most prestigious Yeah, but the issue I have with this is two reasons. One, again, I'm happy for Billie Eilish. I think she definitely deserved record of the year, although most people would say otherwise. But the fact that Beyonce didn't win any of the major categories and all her wins came from like the R&B, rap, and the music video category is kind of disappointing. But obviously, it's not because obviously she now has 28 Grammys. She broke the record. And even with the way that Taylor Swift won Album of the Year is kind of the record-setting thing. Obviously, she now has three wins all time, which is the most by a female artist in that particular category. But we have to stop and think, do you believe that these nominees were mainly influenced by the fact that they knew these records were going to be broken if they won these particular categories. Because in all honesty, I'm actually not mad at any of the winners just because, number one, they're all great songs. They're all great bodies of work. And they all deserve the recognition and credit that they did end up getting. But you just have to stop and wonder if the Grammys did this mainly because they did think it was the best or because they had an ulterior motive going on. Oh, definitely an ulterior no- motive. <laughs> you cannot. Ulterior motives are the theme of this Grammys year. Because if you tell me the weekend is not deserved, I, I keep going back and back and back, but like, it was evident before the Grammys even kicked off. 
It's evident after the Grammys. There are ulterior motives, and I feel like that's not right, and I feel like it should be cleared up either through the numbers that I had suggested before or through some personal, sorry, public statement by the Grammys themselves saying, this is why we decided to do this. Yeah, but you can argue that if they did do that, number one, it would make them look even worse in the public eye. But two, I think part of the reason why the voting remains anonymous is kind of to kind of remain that transparency because I know people want more transparency and that's why the people want the voting numbers to be released. But if you know who the people are that voted for a particular song or the way their ballots worked, it might be you know scary for them, in all honesty, to even be on that kind of panel. Because depending on if they didn't vote for a particular song that a lot of people liked, they might receive like death threats or some crazy stuff. So I understand why the Grammy, Grammys are make it um, anonymous. But in my opinion, I do agree. Transparency is ultimately the best policy. And if they don't have an issue with that, it's the same kind of deal. And ultimately, at the end of the day, the Grammys, they did rebound with the female winners, but obviously still a lot that needs to be done here. And with that, I want to thank you for listening to this episode of the A&J Tunes podcast. If you somehow skipped over part one, it'll be there on Spotify. And overall, man, James, it's a pleasure having you on this podcast. Is there any final thoughts on the Grammys before we kind of wrap this all up in a nice neat bow? Absolutely, Anthony. It's an absolute pleasure. And in the most respectful manner possible, I just have to say Bruno Mars better win every single award next year. Or else I'm going to riot. <laughs> no chance. When he won for 24 karat magic, a lot of people thought he shouldn't have won. So, yeah, if that happens, it'll be some controversy. But with that being said, I want to thank you all for listening and enjoy your week. Take care, guys.